Ken Field, Root Systems. What's up, brother? What's going on, my man? How are you? Good, man. So, uh, back. We've changed format. Drinking beers and it was Brokers and Brews last time you were here. Now it's Cup of Joe. Uh, coincidentally, I think we're each rocking a Cup of Joe with us. So, uh, you know, you got the Starbucks. I got Starbucks too. It's just um, homemade. No. Yeah, yeah look at the sponsors for Starbucks if you're. Uh, <laughs> They're out there about the pay so starbucks if you're uh you're listening yeah they're, they're, you know it's a local nice local shop so support local absolutely so before we even get into it speaking of supporting local and i didn't talk, talk to you about this but i'm sure you're cool with it ken what's your uh what's your instagram page oh you're putting me on the spot uh it's uh instagram's at root wixom at root wixom yep. so if somebody watching this subscribes to at root wixom mm -hmm. and of course my youtube page of course they're not a member yet they're going to get a free month on me um simply by just subscribing to each page pretty easy they don't have to do anything but subscribe to mine youtube your instagram and come on in and check out a month of root performance systems right. so put the caveat on there for adult only is that, that fair for you yeah 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 adult programs uh uh and go from there just because pricing structure is a little different and yeah uh, no well that's athletes go on the usually six week or longer phases and programs so i don't want to i don't want to put you on the hook for uh for that but uh we'll hook up one of these adults that wants to come in uh, male female looking to uh whether it's increased strength or you know uh shape up for some for summer and get ready for their bikini or their uh their time on the boat whatever it might be sound good yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's a great segue in, right? So, I mean, anyone that wants to go back in the, you know, in the page, they can do so and they can see us talk a little bit about what you guys do. But let's face it, last time we chatted, um, you weren't officially open. I mean, the business had been open for years, but um, we were right in the middle of an old pandemic that I know we're not out of, but uh, we're not really in the middle of it anymore either. And gyms couldn't be open in Michigan. So, right. um, lots yeah. of, lots of say what? I said lots of changes since then. For sure. It's, um, man, the, the pandemic is obviously still ongoing. It's, uh, tempered to some degree. Um, obviously, so a lot of people are still struggling with it, uh, from, uh, you know, the different regulations, uh, all those things is have obviously a massive impact having the, the gym closed uh, a lot better now. Um, it's still, it's hard to keep track of all the various restrictions, whether masks are required at times, not required. Um, seems like it changes constantly what quarantine times are if someone does have a contact. Um, but it's, it's good. It's good to be back in the gym and uh, doing some things and build it back up and, Get everyone going so uh and we've been fortunate with it we haven't had any COVID issues uh fortunately uh you know some obviously what's what's nice is uh whether it's athletes or, or some of our adults that have come in uh they're so cautious with it you know and they're very respectful of one another um uh and the system here and they want to make sure that you know they're taking a safe so if they feel a little sniffle it might just be that but you know they they stop coming they let me know they give me a heads up uh, they get checked out, get tested, and you know if everything's greenlit, then they're back at it. If uh, there's a delay or they're they're waiting or any type of suspense, they would you know wait it out. So 
that's uh really it's it's a applause to them right for for doing that it's uh it's it's hard you get in a routine you're feeling good um and i think it's probably especially hard for uh anyone who maybe has a close contact but they feel great and they're you know cranking along at the gym making progress and all of a sudden they have to stop even if they're feeling good but um it's, it seems to be working on they're coming back in and pick up right where we left off and go from there so yes it is you know once we've gotten back into some routine of like quote-unquote normalcy um <clears throat> there's a fear of having that stripped away you know and so you contemplate should I go get a test and I mean heck you know I was there a couple of weeks ago with uh with Brady my oldest you know basically um he had you know uh allergy like symptoms I mean it's really what it was but uh, guess what those are the symptoms of COVID so uh he felt like crap and I said all right dude let's go to the doctor and the doctor even said I don't think so but they did the old PCR um you know, it was, it was his first, actually first one in the family, knock on wood. And uh, he's like, man, I'd rather get a flu shot than have that done again. And so, you know, um, he tested negative and we were back to, back to life. But, you know, he had that 24 hours, kind of 48 hours, because it started maybe the night before of like, huh, what are we going to do? You know, what if? And then did we keep him from school? Yes. Uh, does he get to go to archery tonight? No, you know, and the same type of thing, right? You come into the gym, you're feeling good. Gym helps, right? It helps kind of fight uh, certain viruses and stuff like that anyways, being healthy. And uh, now I'm going to risk not coming, even though I feel pretty good. Um, right. It's not about me. I mean, I know this is like cliche now, but it's not about me. I feel okay. It's about everyone else and not making them, you know, feel like shit. So absolutely. I mean, there's a respect factor back and forth and there's a lot of trust back and forth too that, uh, you know, but, but I think that's resonates the way that we operate. You know, it's a, we're not a big global gym. Uh, there's personal relationships across the board and, you know, we have open dialogue all the time, you know, and I want to make sure people feel comfortable. Uh, I want to be safe and comfortable and um, not impact my family or my business or anything there. Uh, but, uh, it seems to be working well. Everyone's, uh, staying healthy, uh, doing well with that. They're, uh, it's, I don't want to say it's life goes on as, as 100% normal, but it's, um, I don't know, maybe if nothing else is an escape where you, you kind of get in the gym and you get that opportunity where you're just living again and you're going, getting after and you're getting the endorphins out and feeling good. Yeah. All right. So we're using the word gym kind of interchangeably here, but, you know, you started with it. I mean, root performance is not a gym, so to speak. It's also not a CrossFit box and it's nothing against gyms or CrossFit boxes, but you know, that's not what you are. So what are you? <laughs> that's a good question. No, we're, um, we're more of a boutique, uh, performance center in the sense of what I mean by that is, uh, we cater to both adults, uh, you know, are looking to improve their fitness their strength their body composition, uh, their endurance, uh, and we can, nerd out and really get into it um with all kinds of different factors uh and we also do the same thing with athletes uh whether it's looking to improve um stability work uh mobility is a big piece of what we do strength power speed uh agility we do some things here in the gym and then we also have some things off-site uh at various football fields or um or turf settings where we're working with athletes on that uh so it's really 
it's 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 more about performance and uh and, and improving yourself and maximizing your abilities as opposed to just pure fitness so and what i really mean is it gets into a plan so whoever it may be whether it's an athlete who is competing um as a professional or as a college athlete or they're they're um you know a youth amateur athlete coming up whatever their sport may be uh or if they're a multi-sport athlete whatever it is uh, male female we develop uh training phases for them if they're off season where are they at in their off season uh, uh and we're prepping them for that so for example right now we have uh, an off-season uh, hypertrophy uh, program focusing on, on increasing um, muscular growth, uh, contractile strength and density within the, within the, within the muscle. Uh, and there's going to be with it, basically trying to get that, that massive, the, the, the maximum amount of muscle we can uh, on their frame in this roughly four-week period, which is not going to be a crazy amount, but it's going to be significant. There's, there's still going to be enough where we start to get that potential for maximum strength, which we'll then go into. So in this four-week phase, uh, hypertrophy is the main goal, a lot of volume training. Uh, some tempos are driven in, uh, depending on what we're, what we're looking at that day. We also incorporate some power uh, focus there um, for upper and lower body and uh, application when it comes to their sport. Then uh, once we phase out of that, we'll get into another three-week block where we're going to go into more of a stability, strength, and power uh, focus with some endurance principles built in where we get into more heart rate reading and uh, uh, recovery base. And then it's kind of home stretch for a lot of these athletes. So that'll take us uh, through most of, uh, most of June. And towards the end of June, all of July, we're gonna be going in through uh, more of a total performance package where we hit a little bit of everything and make sure that come August 1st, they're, they're dialed in, whether it's, uh, and again, there's little variations depending on when they have to report to a camp or a combine or whatever it is they're going to. Uh, but most of our football athletes will be pretty much going, I would think about August 1st, uh, we'll be there two days, we'll kind of kick in. Uh, a lot of our college hockey players and then uh, uh, the guys like that, or pro guys, depending on where their contracts are with, uh, if they're in the American Hockey League, the NHL, whatever it is, they may have to report to a training camp or if they're a rookie or depending on where they go. Sometimes they might have a little more leeway um, and we'll do more of a hybrid program during the month of August for them. So that maybe they report in September or October, whatever it is. So anyway, that's with our athletes, it's just constant phases that are shifting depending on where they are in their off season. And at the same time, we may have lacrosse athletes coming in right now, which a lot of them are in the heart of their season. Uh, if they're a high school athlete, and they're, they're still coming in. They might come in instead of five days a week. They might be a two or a three day a week. And our focus there is keeping them healthy, keeping them strong, keeping their power going, uh, making sure they're feeling good. So we do more of an in-season uh, transition within, within that program. And so what's cool about it is we customize it to each individual. So uh, they can be training alongside one another, but and they might be in a similar theme or package, uh, but it's specific to them. And then that can take it to another step, uh, depending on the athlete. So if there are injury issues, um, we'll coordinate with various PTs and doctors um, along the way to see where they're at in their progression, right? And there's constant communication there. Um, if it's a quarterback or a pitcher where they're doing a lot of overhead throwing and that overhead motion, uh, their program probably is going to be a little bit different. Where we're working to solidify and kind of iron those, those shoulders, right? And make sure that joint is healthy and functioning. Um, and, and we just go from there. So there's always our generalized plan of what we want to try to accomplish in this time period um, with whoever it is that comes in. 
uh, will modify as needed, but the goal is never to truly modify. We wanna fix and, and, and address any issues they may be having. And, and this goes to adults as well, um, so that they can you know, maximize what they're doing and, and have a transfer. Um, and our adult programming really kind of works the same way, where uh, we come in and we, we have a chat and we talk about what their goals are. Uh, we talk about what's realistic, what's not, timeframes. A lot of people want things, you know, right now, um, and doesn't always quite work that way. But it's obviously got to start somewhere, uh, and so we work on that. And if they're realistic, that's great. We, you know, it's a little bit easier. Um, if they're overly, you know, zealous, I love it. But we'll uh, we'll have a chat about what they can really expect as far as like fat loss and and certain time periods or uh, muscular gain or whatever it might be. Get into dietary issues, sleep recovery all those pieces uh, and just keep that constant dialogue going. And so uh, most adult programming, we, we set that up on a rotating schedule of uh, uh, based around a few principles. So we have our lifting cycles, we have primary days uh, that would focus in on certain specific lifts like a bench press, a, uh, a squat, a deadlift, uh, uh, an overhead press is kind of like the big primaries. And then filtered in or sprinkled within those is going to be uh, accessory days. We're working uh, some double stimulation uh, stuff where we're working some hypertrophy focus, some fat loss, uh, and a lot of health and stability work as well. Um, and then we'll incorporate power days. Uh, and that's uh, typically challenging. You're going to get a little bit of a uh, little, it's, it's a lift, but you're getting that endurance factor as well and a little bit of an aerobic push. Uh, which helps with you know burning more calories, getting that that fat loss. It also is nice to kind of change it up, and you start moving and functioning more and more like an athlete. Um, and it's nice to have, right? So it, it kind of does a job of what they're looking to do. Um, and I would say for the most part, they they like it. You know, there's we'll get a couple, couple, couple. Uh, I, I one one client in in particular, he knows who he is, who likes to uh, try to guess the schedule and shoot me a text on certain days about what he expects or isn't going to do or whatever. And he always comes in and does his thing and go when we go from there and he loves it afterwards and sure. you know, and he's doing great. So, uh, but yeah, so we, we sprinkle that in. And then at the, the same time we have conditioning programs for adults um, that mirror our strength. So if it's a, as an example, if it's a squat focus day, primary day in the, on the weight room side, uh, on the lifting side, on that same day, there will be more of a conditioning element that will be more endurance-based that is incorporating a lot of squat, quad-driven uh, mechanics and movements. Uh, we're not doing the same type of loads or weight weight uh, as, as we would on the strength side, but they're doing that there. So if someone were coming in and they're wanting to bounce back and forth between different programs, it makes a nice smooth transition. So it's not, uh, you're not killing yourself or hitting one part uh, of your body in one particular day and then blasting again the next and the next and the next so it, it really have this kind of nice undulating back and forth pattern um, of higher intensity days lower intensity days uh and going from there so and really you know if we're in there on a on a regular basis as it should be almost every body part is hit on almost every day it's just there's focuses right That's so cool. like on bench day um, yeah, we may have focused on some sort of thing, whether it was maximum or, or rep or something along those lines, but we didn't bench with dumbbells, bench with barbells, bench with cables, and then call it a day. 
um, you know, there was like a, a focus that was an area and then some other stuff, right? So typically on like, if we use bench as an example, typically on a day like that, that would be our primary strength focus on that day. Um, and that can be accomplished in different ways, depending on what phase one individual might be in. And this is again, a cool part with our adults is similar to the athletes. Everyone's at different timelines in their, in their training cycle. Um, whether it's, they've been doing it for years, they're doing it five days a week, they're brand new, they're just starting out, you know, or they're maybe a couple times here and there. Um, so they, and they have different goals and needs and wants and restrictions and whatever it might be. Uh, so they can, so one person might be on, let's say a five, three, one style program, or another one might be on a, a more of a controlled program with tempos and eccentric and isometric holds. Another what's one might a, What's a five, three, one program? Is it, well, a five, three, one, I mean, it's uh, Jim Wendler's uh, uh, I gotta give him credit for, uh, his design of this. And I'm, I'm not going to get into the details of it, nor, nor can I to that degree, but, um, it's a principle where with strength focused with heavy rest ratios, um, and there's, there's different patterns that you're following with percent loads, uh, that you prescribe to it and you hit your various patterns. Um, and it usually cycles over about a six week period, uh, depending on consistency, obviously. And it revolves around the big lifts. Um, what I've done is taken things like that and put my spin on them, put my tweaks on them for both those specific days, but also uh, uh, the days around it. Because uh, you have different people that are wanting to train five days a week, two, three, whatever. And we kind of guide them depending on what it is they're looking to do. And we have packages that also apply to that, whether it's uh, someone's going limited or they're coming in two, three times a week, whatever it might be. Um, but so, the point being is if someone is on program X uh, and it's a uh, Tuesday night and someone else just comes in at that same time, Tuesday night, they might be on program A or program C or M or whatever it might be. So you could have, you know, seven, six, 10 different people doing completely different programs uh, that are designed for them. So it's a custom program within a group setting. And that's, what's really kind of unique and neat about it. So you're getting, uh, more of a private customized setting, but you still get that energy of the group um, and everything is gonna change a little bit. So one individual is gonna be doing X number of reps and sets or movement patterns. Someone else might be doing something similar, but it might be instead of a one-to-one -one tempo where you're pushing a weight and bringing it back down, someone else might be pulling that weight down on a five second count, holding for five seconds. And so it's a slower pattern. That person might have a 90 second rest ratio, someone else might have a 30 second rest ratio, depending on what their goals are and what that specific program that, that we build for them dictates, right? Um, and then the cycle continues. So and once they finish one particular cycle or phase, we and we're constantly talking along the way, but we have a generalized plan um, as to what they're gonna go into next and what their next phase will be. And it's, it's pretty cool to see the results. Um, you know, measuring strength numbers, uh, body composition, seeing the changes and how close fit, uh, all that kind of stuff is really cool. And so, you know, um, from, from an adult perspective, it's like athletes and, and, you know, kids training and kids is a loose term here, meaning, you know, high school, college, anything younger than me at 40. Right. So right. Um, I might be at a 27 year old and call him a kid these days, getting right. old. Yeah, feeling old. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, from an adult perspective, I come in and I want to, you know, get involved in the program. 
how are we going to know where I'm starting? You know, I mean, when we're talking about any kind of ratio, ratio of what? Sure. Oh, as far as percent loads? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, uh, percent load on on anything, right? Whether it's a, you tell me to jump on a treadmill to sprint. I mean, I think sprinting is sprinting, but at the end of the day, you know, um, really a, on a treadmill, I might not be able to sprint at a 12 for 30 seconds the way someone else can. And and you do that. One person might be a speed four, right? Yeah. You know, zero incline and sprint to someone else, they need a, you know, a 15 and a 15 incline or whatever. And, and yeah, whatever. some of us are like Ivan Drago, right? Yeah. And we just continuously increase to like an 80, you know, percent incline at like maximum speeds because mm -hmm. that's just how we're built, you know. Others, you know, aren't as fortunate. <laughs> well, so to answer your question, the way that we determine those things are um, it's it's kind of multi-pronged. So you have uh, you have conversations with people as far as what do you want to achieve? Like what are your goals? Um, what are you looking to do? What's your experience level? What's your background? What do you like to do? What don't you like to do? Right now, it doesn't mean I'm going to just cater to them 100% and say, all right, because you like this, we're going to be doing this all day, every day. And on the same token, if, well, I don't really like doing these. doesn't mean I'm going to force them to do these things, but we're going to try to work. If, if it's an effective movement or, uh, you know, good for them, we're going to work towards those things um, and incorporate that. Uh, one example might be a lot of people who say, uh, well, you get, you'll get different spectrums, right? But you'll get one individual might say, I hate cardio. Well, why, right? And, and it just might be based on what their experience is with it, what they're thinking of. You know, to them, cardio might mean running long distance and, and, um, and, and things of that nature, and they might not like it, right? Or it might be tough in their joints or whatever. So, but it's still important to them. It's important that we break up the plaques. And it's important, you know, for their cholesterol levels and their, their, their body composition to be able to incorporate those things in for both internal and external health reasons. So we have to figure out ways that we can incorporate that. So. Uh, we don't do a lot of steady state cardio. Uh, we may, usually it's, uh, we had a session today, uh, their quote unquote cardio side was five minutes um, on a rower. Uh, and, and really that was within that, it was broken in intervals where they would row, uh, you know, at a fairly intense pace for about 40 seconds, 45 seconds, they'd hop off and they would do uh, three to four body weight movement uh, exercises, so just some body weight squats, some lunges, things of that nature, uh, and then pop back on the on the rower, right? And then they're just going back and forth in that for five minutes, uh, which becomes you can chunk it away, but they're getting their heart rate up and they're and we're keeping them in an aerobic uh, state. Or if that individual wants to push it and make it more anaerobic, they're able to, and we go from there. And then we'll give them a rest ratio. They come out and they're on the floor, and then on the floor portion is more of our our lift in that particular setting. And they're running through various patterns. Again, today, uh, three different movement patterns that are both uh, strength-based, uh, mobility-based, stability-based, uh, uh, and cardiovascular-based, where you mix them all together in small settings where it's five reps of this, five of this, or 10 of this, whatever it might be. And then they're back to the beginning. If they need a rest ratio, they can take it as they're going. But we teach them how to manage their heart rate as they go. And so that might be for five minutes. And then we're back to another piece with rest recovery ratios and everything else. Um, so that's an example of more of a way that we might be able to get someone who hates cardio into that cardio side, right? And, and get that out of them rather than just say, all right, let's go steady state. And to be honest, 
you know, I like going for a run here and there. Um, I'm not a runner, uh, quote unquote, but um, uh, I also have had plenty of moments on runs. Where I'm like, man, I wish this was over. Um, you know, and uh, I've got 10 more minutes or I've got X amount of miles left or whatever it is. So uh, I relate to that. I understand that that's, uh, you know, tough at times. Um, at the same time, you might have someone who loves to run or loves to walk or whatever, or, or do whatever they're doing, but maybe they're limited. So we work on things to help strengthen their hips, their knees. So they're maybe not feeling the same pain or if their back is, you know, that compression and the pounding is tough on them, we work on that. Um, that same person maybe is scared to lift weights because either they're inexperienced or they have it in their head that maybe it's a female um, that's saying, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I want a certain look, you know, I want to be toned. I want to be, uh, you know, leaner, whatever their terminology is. And it's trying to get them to understand um, that as long as they're not a genetic freak who's taken all kinds of, uh, you know, Hulk juice or, or other things to, uh, uh, to, to enhance their, their body and their structure, lifting weights isn't going to make them scary and freaky and just automatically build all kinds of muscle mass. You know, there's so many factors in, whether it's um, your genetic base and, and limitations there, your, your dietary stuff, your supplements, uh, you know, any of those things. So lots of factors. And then just like cardio is doing more than, you know, shedding fat as an example, it's, you know, it, it can, but it's improving things we don't see necessarily you know, reducing the plaques and, 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 and just making you healthier. Right. Um, well, lifting weights is the same thing, you know, and in, in my opinion, it's, well, not in my opinion, it's improving, uh, to improve bone density, um, energy levels, metabolic rate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, across the board. Um, well, that's what I was going to say too. It isn't, I mean, doesn't the research primarily show that, um, doing, a workout this way where you're incorporating some cardio aspects like traditional cardio aspects as well as lifting aspects and doing things that are more heart rate focused and things like that will help provide a stronger calorie burn throughout the day um a better muscular growth throughout the day you know and i don't even know about the rest of the internal stuff you know that might be going on yeah absolutely and especially compared to just just only doing one thing you know um just like if you're only lifting weights and, and, and lots of rest ratios and um, you're probably going to get stronger. I mean, assuming the program's well-built and, and, and you have proper progressions and, and, and all those, there's so many factors, it's hard to say, but in general, you're probably going to get stronger. You're probably going to build some muscle mass um, to some degree, right? Uh, but maybe you're lacking some of the, the cardiovascular benefits. At the same time, a pure lifting program only can be fantastic cardiovascularly speaking, just depending on how their tempos are set up and their, their rest ratios and all that. And that's, again, we build those things specifically for people. Um, but anytime you're just doing one only thing, you're probably gonna get pretty good at that one thing, singular thing. But you have to ask yourself, can I be better? Or what, what I, I believe you should, right? Um, so if I'm only running, I'm probably missing out on some other elements, right? Uh, I'm only focusing on flexibility and stretching, and I'm probably missing some other elements to some degree. And all those things can be, be tweaked, modified, and then and I don't want to put a broad brush stroke on it because of tempos and rest rates play a major role in anything you do. So 
and then percent loads and all that. So I think that was the other part of your question though, was how do you determine what someone should do? So part of it is the experience, what they're comfortable with, what they like, what they don't like, um, what their goals are. When it comes to that next step, which is saying, like, if we'll use you as an example, and you're saying, oh, well, I want to get stronger and I want this specific look, or I want to, whatever it might be. If it's leaning us towards the weight room side, we'll talk about your frequency. How often can you commit to come in? Uh, you know, how serious are in these goals? What's your time frame, et cetera, et cetera. And then we start steering you that way and we push you into a program. Now we're in a lifting program. So the way that we determine numbers, whether it's heart rate or what your, you know, 60% of your squat is or whatever is through testing, right? So part of it is raw specific tests that we're looking at. Uh, and part of it is also through movement patterns and, uh, you know, uh, postural analysis as, as you're going through different things. Um, you know, you, you may have really good mover muscles in a sense, but your stability muscles might be off. So your glute stabilizers might be terrible. And so it's going to be a limiting factor on your squat, you know, depth, range of motion, strength, et cetera. So we want to address those things along the way. Uh, but typically it's not a this or that format. There's, there's usually a little bit of back and forth and we integrate things a lot. Uh, so once we establish those numbers then we have them and there's constant rechecks and retests, uh, some of them we can just do based on you know, how many reps of this did you get uh, at a particular time? And we have a very good indicator of where you are or where you should be from a maximum standpoint. Uh, but again, it's, it's all about training as opposed to testing. You know, you don't want to, we'll do some basic tests here and there, but it's, um, and they're important, but it's, uh, it's not something where you want to come in the gym and, and constantly test yourself <laughs> a lot with like youth, Youth athletes, you know, high school age boys are probably most guilty of this where they want to go in the weight room and they, uh, you know, unsupervised, you know, free to do their thing. And I totally get it. They, they want to, they got, they got the hormones going and they want to show off a little bit and see what they can do and make sure others see that as well. Right. But uh, um, if they're doing that time and time again, right after, you know, every time they're in the gym, typically you're not going to see a lot of increase in strength because they're not training, they're testing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, besides, you know what I mean? Fit, fitness is in the same family where it's, it's fantastic. Someone's going out and doing work, but if it's, if it's random, if it's, um, if they're kind of all over the map, typically the results are going to kind of be that way. If you follow a specific training program protocol, uh, which is what we develop for people, it's, it's going to produce results. It's going to produce adaptations and change. Well, and I think that a big thing that's kind of incorporated with this versus going to a typical gym is efficiency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I go to a big chain gym, um, it, I probably have to join a class to even get efficient because otherwise I, I don't have enough space to have my own machine, a treadmill or a bike or, or an elliptical something to really get the heart rate pumping plus some free weights next to me, plus, you know, like another spot to maybe do, you know, some push-ups or some form of, you know, sit-ups or something like that, right? You, you just, there's not enough room in a gym, even though they're significantly bigger than, you know, your facility um, to do that, right? And so what happens is I go in and I spend 30 minutes on the machine and I spend an hour on weights and then I have to shower and I mean, I don't have three hours in my day. 
to work out every single day. And that's just for me being just a regular old guy. I'm not trying to, you know, perform for anything specific other than my life, you know? So the efficiency of coming in, having some testing done, knowing where you should be to maximize, you know, the results. And, and I know traditionally people might think maximize results, meaning, you know, push a bigger weight or whatever, but it's not, it's, it's all the above. It's your cardiovascular. It's your, it is pushing a little bit more weight, but it's, you know, overall, your endurance, your speed, everything. And as we get older, you know, I think a big benefit to what you have going on is mobility is huge. You know, um, lots and lots of research showing how important your your hip and, and shoulder ability, but especially hip mobility. You know, as we get older and you're se- you know, you're 72 and suddenly you can't hip hinge, you also are a lot more likely to die when you fall and hurt your hip. Versus if you're 72 and can hip hinge and you fall and hurt your hip, you're, you're in a lot better shape, you know? Um, but we got to work on those things before we get to 72. <laughs> you're minimizing risk. You're, you're functioning better. You're living a better quality of life. Uh, all those things are important. You're sleeping better. Like, and they all filter to one another, right? Like you're going on the gym, you're going to another gym or whatever it might be. It can be efficiency. It can be uh, restrictions. It can be set up. Uh, it could be knowledge based, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, if I, have, if I have real estate questions, I'm calling you, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going, right. if, if, uh, if I have a toothache, I'm, I'm going to the dentist, right? Uh, you're going to specialists that, that know what they're doing. Um, and it's tricky, right? Like you can look on Instagram, you can look on Facebook, you can, you know, subscribe here, there, whatever it might be try to get some ideas uh, for a workout. Uh, is it the right thing for you? Hard to say, you know, are you able to execute it? Do you understand all the details to it? Um, it's a little tricky, right? And so that's that's what we do is we, we develop that. I mean, that's why people have personal trainers too. Um, the difference here is, you know, while we can do some specialized personal training, you know, I'm happy to do that, uh, but I'd, it's more expensive to do that, right? So if you have a membership at XY gym, right? And it's X amount. Uh, and then you plan on going there a few times a week and, uh, or maybe you're going there every day and you're really maximizing your value out of that membership. Uh, the, but if you, if you don't really know what you're doing or you want to take it to the next level, typically you're hiring a trainer, uh, and that will, whether they're good, bad, whatever, indifferent bottom line is that's an added expense and that's going to add up. And so, uh, it becomes potentially cost prohibitive too, right? So what we do is uh, our our membership is going to be at a higher rate typically than your traditional gym membership, you know, allows you access to, but you're getting all that custom personal attention and, and programming built in with it. There's no hidden fees or extras or things like that. So when you factor those pieces in, it's a fraction of the cost right? when you're training. Well, somewhere else and every every first of all every boutique style so whether it's a spin a yoga a pilates um i don't even know what other things are out there all those places are you know they're north of a uh, 100 150 dollars a month and those are the only things you get to do there right you only get to do yoga or pilates or spin at those places and, and that's fine right there's a there is a purpose for things like that in life um but you're great and they're definitely effective yeah for sure 
but but your your you know facility um is going to incorporate the aspects of all those things um in a different way right so like the flexibility that you get from yoga is different than the flexibility i'm going to get from root performance but at the end of the day if i come in and i do my job with your with your place and with you i'm going to have more flexibility you know so i mean different slightly different results but all at the same time so that's first and foremost and then to your point if i join a gym that's a dollar a day or something like that but i hire a trainer the cheapest trainer I've ever seen in my life was $50 an hour, typically 75 and up. So 75 and up for an hour training session that you need two or three of a week. So we're at, let's say 150 to $225 per week, plus my gym membership, you know, now, um, and I don't even know exactly what your pricing is and it doesn't even really matter. You're cheap now. Our average pricing comes out to 189 a month. So for adult members, so it's 189 and that's all encompassing with those things is, is the average, right? It depends on frequency. So we have different packages that are built. If someone's coming uh, unlimited, uh, if, uh, if they're coming 12 times a month, if they're coming eight times a month, six times a year, you know, whatever it might be, we have different packages for them. Um, and then those packages are based on uh, what their commitment is. So if they're doing a 12 month term, it's gonna be at its lowest dollar amount. It's a six month term, a three month term, you'll see a little bit of a, of an increase, but the average way it all comes out is in that 189 range. Um, yep. And that's covers everything. So to your point, if it's, what was it, 225 a week, potentially or 200 a week? I think three days a week with a professional trainer at 75 bucks a session, that's 225 a week. Uh, so $5,000 a month plus the gym membership. Plus, so it's, plus the protein shakes, plus the, you know, plus the right. daycare, plus the this, plus the that. So, I mean, you know, if, if that's your thing, you know, um, if you want to go in and take Instagram photos and, um, you know, do uh, your Tinder updates and stuff like that, then those are the right facilities, right, for them, because yours isn't. Uh, not that someone can't take a nice photo here or there, but, you know. Uh, we don't join Root to uh, start doing selfies and uh, promoting my um, my newest yoga pants and my hot ass, you know. So, uh, so there, there's, it's not that's not why you know people are in here typically and doing yeah. that. Uh, we'll, we'll get some photos up there on Instagram and videos and whatnot, but it's more we focus a lot more on the performance side and the, the results. Uh, whether it's adults, athletes, it, they really speak for themselves. Um, yeah. It, yeah. But I think another thing, you know, that you were saying, and I'm going to go also at a different angle, it's something that I've talked about on other, you know, podcasts as well. And obviously there's whole podcasts dedicated to this stuff. And that's kind of that mentorship, leadership, coaching, you know, Michael Jordan had no less than six different coaches at all times, from nutrition to shooting to Phil Jackson to whoever, you know, when we watch UFC or, or boxing, those, those guys that are in the corner are not hype men. One guy teaches you how to punch. One guy teaches you how to kick. One guy teaches you how to roll. One guy, you know, those guys, they're specialized, right? And so if I'm going to really focus on my health, you need a trainer. And that's where you come in, right? That's where I come in and I've got one. And to your point, yeah, you're not standing over my shoulder for 60 minutes. You don't really need to because 
if I'm doing some sort of, I have a sweatshirt on, hard to see. If I'm doing a shoulder movement and my shoulder's way back here and I'm going like this, you can easily see that I'm doing that wrong. Come over, correct me, move my shoulder up, move my arm out and have me do it the right way, you know? And then conversely, if I'm doing this and I'm like, Ken, every time I do it, my shoulder's snapping and popping and it hurts like hell. We have that conversation, you know? So um, that's something that needs to be a factor for everybody as they think about their fitness goals, you know? Um, if all you want to do is run a little faster then yeah, buy, just buy a treadmill, actually don't go anywhere else, but, <laughs> but if you're really trying to help your body and help your health and live longer and better, you yeah, know, you need someone helping you out, man. And, and there's clearly thousands, you know, millions, who knows, you know, people who are having great success, just doing their thing. Um, and God bless them. That's fantastic. But that's, it's kind of a minority, right? It's, um, it's tricky. So, uh, having a plan in place, having uh, uh, that guidance, the constant coaching, uh, it helps, right? And again, to, like, to your point as well, we're not sitting over somebody's shoulder, um, constantly adjusting this, adjusting that, uh, or over coaching them. It, it's typically in the beginning, it's, if it's someone with limited to no experience, we're gonna spend a lot more time with them um, and keep a closer eye on them, but it's, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a believer in accountability. I'm a believer in teaching too. And, and gradually giving them more and more leash to go, right? As long as they're not in a dangerous setting or, or anything at risk, we, we, want them, we want them to get after it. Uh, so I don't need to be all up on them and, and constantly over teaching or over coaching every little thing. Uh, I don't want to, they don't want me to, and I'm not going to, right? Uh, but we'll definitely address things as they come up or see little things. And, and like you said, it might be some very minute piece, but it makes a massive difference. You know, just have someone tell you to anchor your pinky toe into the ground on this thing or drive your knees out and generate that torque or retract your scapula on this movement or whatever it might be. Little reminders. Which are all huge, huge things. And as a person who's had to do physical therapy, that's half of you know, what they do when you're in there is making sure your neck's straight or making sure your shoulders are back or making, you know, those types of things. Physical therapy does a lot different. You can't go to physical therapy and get the results that I can get from you and vice versa. Just pointing out that, you know, the, the uh, motion slash form is key. And I've been around to see exactly what you're saying, where somebody newer, um, you know, you're watching their row, you're watching their deadlift, you're watching, you know, because they're not dangerous movements. They've been um, categorized by some as dangerous movements, but that's because people that don't know what they're doing, you know, with a rounded back and they're throwing the weight, not lifting it and things like that. Yeah, they hurt themselves. So they became dangerous, but they're completely safe when done correctly and with guidance, you know? Yeah. All right. and, and right. They got to be properly loaded, taught properly, executed properly. Um, your body's got to be ready to do it. So an activation sequence, uh, making sure you have those stability pieces all put together and you know, it, it all works. So you know, knock on wood, but we've been, we've had a lot of success with that, you know, and keeping people healthy and, and going from there. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's challenging. And so that's where, you know, you worry about some individuals at times, uh, they're just wild. And some of the videos I'll see out there on the web and, Sure. Um, with certain things and 
just hope they don't get too hurt. So, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, what we, what we see isn't always what, what is reality and, you know, what works for one might not work for another. Right. I mean, like the fact that one guy, his training method is to, you know, just do maximum, 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 like do a hundred reps of maximum weight. If it takes you all day, maybe that did work for that guy, but it probably isn't ideal. And it's probably, you know, not going to work. It's definitely not going to work for everybody. And so again, trainer, you know, uh, expert in the field, that's, that's where you could come in in handy, right? Because not just to say, no, that doesn't, that's stupid, but to also point out what does work, why it's been working and why it's going to. So, so we have our programs that are built and, and kind of ready to go. Um, but they're really a framework. Um, I would, it would make my life a million times easier if it was 100% every single time, perfect for every single person, but that doesn't exist. It just, and I don't believe it ever will, right? Because we're all different. We all have, there's too many variables at play. So we have our framework, um, but each design is going to be a little bit different or a little tweak for this person or that person, whatever they might need. Um, some might need to take some away. Some might need some different movements. Some might need some things added to their, their program and their regiment. Uh, it all depends. And so, you know, that's again where I come in and help make sure that's happening. And I think the other thing too is like, don't overcomplicate things. You know, I bet you if I had a 20 year subscription to any health magazine, whether it be a men's health, a muscle mag and fitness mm -hmm. shape, I don't care any health magazine. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that not much has changed in the 20 years. Yes. A few new techniques, or maybe we've understood a little bit more about focusing in one area, but for the mm -hmm. most part, it's like our, we've learned more about our bodies, no doubt. Right. So we've learned more about how to break down certain things and all that stuff. But like it doesn't have to be all this crazy stuff that you're reading about, you know, on on all the news articles or our online outlets or actual magazines or whatever. Right. It's like those guys are in the business of selling and they don't make money without having flashy, you know, fonts and new quote unquote, new techniques or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a tweak. I mean, like it's, it's hard to reinvent things right on, on in this industry um, or in a lot of things, right. But it's technology has obviously played a role. Um, uh, you know, science has played a role where we understand how things break down better or better methodology and, and, and ways to accomplish certain things. Um, but yeah, a deadlift still a deadlift. And it's been that way for a long time. Uh, it's very effective. Then the question becomes, how are you going to incorporate it? Uh, what are your cycles going to look like? What are your percentages going to be? What are your rep counts? That's where different, you could debate, you know, with someone, you know, what's working or what's not. Um, I have a pretty good idea and comfort level on what, 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 what different parameters we should put on something based on what their goals are. But, um, yeah, you're right. It's not, crazy changes or got to be doing this, that, and the other. I think people do like variety. They like something that's, or at least they think they do. Uh, but sometimes variety can be, it can like anything, small doses, but it's hard to get good at something if you're constantly changing it. Yeah. And you're well, like, well, I want to be bored, but well, 
I'd rather someone be a little bit bored and have amazing results. And I think most people would choose that path too, um, than constantly engaging, you know, something different yet their body is not changing or they're not seeing an increase in strength or, or anything. Well, I mean, I'm not even in your field and I always hate the, uh, boring, you know, statement because first of all, you know, the hour to 90 minutes that I dedicate to, uh, fitness, I didn't do it for entertainment purposes. So, you know, I'm not, I don't know why I'm supposed to be entertained during this time. And when you say you're bored to me, it means you're not entertained. And I just don't get it. Like if I was looking for non-boredom, I would, you know, go watch a movie or bird watch or something like that. You know, I <laughs> boring should never be your statement for, you know, the workout, even cardio, which I also happen to hate, you know, especially running on a treadmill. And I get it. You're just in one motion and you're just staring at whatever's directly in front of you. Even if it's a cool TV show, that's all you're doing. So yeah. All right. Maybe for lack of better term, it's boring, but at the end of the day, I didn't jump on a treadmill for 30 minutes to, you know, not to have this entertainment. I did it because I thought it was going to have some sort of cardiovascular effect on my life. So it just drives me crazy. And I'm sure it drives you even crazier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fortunately, I don't hear it too often, um, which is nice, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it really comes down to discipline. I mean, and, and what are your goals and what do you want to achieve and what's your time frame, right? And being disciplined with it. And, and that's a challenge, right? But, uh, and then also a little bit of forgiveness too, and grace forgiveness where some days you're going to be off, you know, not every day is going to be sunshine and, uh, at least in Michigan, right. It's not going to be yeah. uh, blue skies and sunny and feeling great. And, uh, you're going to have some internal conflicts at times you're going to have external conflicts or just good days, bad days, whatever it might be. Um, you might be having a good day in every other aspect of your life or in the gym and, it's just not coming together for you for whatever reason, right? So maybe you don't put up some amazing record numbers that day, but it's it's part of a bigger picture process that you came in, you put in your work, uh, and it, it adds to the whole, right? Uh, maybe it was a tough one to get through, but you, you you make it, right? So the boring factor, I agree, it's not. It is a frustrating thing, but I think a lot of it also is the psychology of where that individual's mind is where they're allowing themselves to be bored. They're allowing themselves to not like something or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, I think you're right on that too. I think, you know, you put a roadblock in front of something. Um, I think it was Henry Ford, right. That said like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Or something like that. So it's like, if you believe you can't do it, you're not going to do it, you know? And if you believe you can, then you probably can uh, within limitation, you know, I, I, I can't personally build a rocket ship. So, um, if I believe I can, I'm, I'm probably wrong on that one, but you know, with... <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. Right. But it's, it's, uh, perspective goes a long way. Right. Like it, and as, especially today, you see a lot of things like, well, this is hard. Or, I don't like this or I'm, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be in the gym. It could be, but it could be, I don't know, a kid in their school subject or whatever, whatever it is. Um, or I don't think there's any adult that likes doing bills, right? Or paying bills or, or setting that up, but it's part of our life. It's something we need to do because it provides X, Y, Z, you know, uh, payoff, right? So you can procrastinate all you want or and create anxiety and all those issues, but uh, 
embrace it and just move on, right? So if something's hard or challenging, or if there's an injury or, or, or some some type of setback that we don't like or want, you can. I mean, I'm not judgmental on anyone doing this, but I would strongly encourage anyone to rather than have a pity party or feel so terrible about themselves um, in their circumstances, situation, uh, or feed into that by talking to friends and, and you know loved ones. And typically, they're they're really well intended, but they're gonna typically you know, yeah, that's too bad, or that's really hard, or whatever it is, it's, you're typically much better off if you can embrace that opportunity to learn, or get better, or deal with something, so um, maybe it's a school subject that you're struggling with, uh, but you look at it like, all right, this is a challenge, and I'm going to do everything I can to maximize my opportunity, or get better at this, so if that means spending time with a tutor, or spending time with a teacher, or getting online, whatever it is, there's such a sense of reward from that, too, when you do show improvement on the next test or whatever it is. Uh, same thing for the weight room or the gym or uh, something that you find challenging. That's that's one of the best parts about you know overcoming it, right? But you have to be disciplined with it. You have to change your perspective and look at it as an opportunity for growth. So I mean, when people do that, they typically have a lot of fulfillment and a lot of uh, a lot of good things come their way. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We'll wrap up in a second here. I'm curious. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily even embarrass your own son, but you got a, a proud either dad moment or gym moment you want to uh, share. And again, it doesn't have to be specific to Sean. Sorry uh, if you care if I said his name, but uh, it, doesn't be, it doesn't have to be specific to Sean. But, you know, um, I think that, you know, you get to see a lot of growth, right? Um, so you're both a father and a business owner and you work in this gym industry and you just hit on it, right? Like, seeing someone overcome a, a goal. So it could be any athlete, it could be any, you know, adult, it could be someone, whatever. But um, I always think, you know, it's always interesting or, or kind of cool to hear a success story, so to speak. Well, I mean, I could literally pick one on pretty much every single person that comes in here, um, whether current uh, or their used trainer and they moved out of town or whatever it is. Um, they've Everyone has some story, right? Some struggle that they're dealing with. Uh, and I don't want to single anyone out because, you know, I didn't, don't want to, uh, sure. talk about them specifically or whatever, but, um, whether it's adults that are having major changes in their, their body composition or strength or, or a former runner who couldn't run forever because their knees were messed up and helping them get back to, uh, really full function and then seeing them go out and win some races and, and get back into it. Right. And, uh, circuits you know and just a smile that comes across her face is, is super exciting and rewarding um i can talk about sean a little bit uh with him he's had a lot of uh things that as a, as a dad i'm very proud of as a coach i'm very proud of uh i think some of the big ones since we were just talking about adversity and overcoming some things or he's had some major injuries um uh not from the gym but uh just life and sport right so he had a uh uh pretty, pretty major knee injury, uh, a few years back. And I was just really proud of him for how he handled that, where he barely battered an eye. He accepted it, understood that, you know, it's a, this is a, a part of his, part of his story, but by no means does it define him and watch him attack and, and embrace the opportunity to have like, basically the way he looked at it was like, all right, my season's cut short. Uh, we get this fixed. And 
he was immediately looking from a positive standpoint saying, I just, my off season just got longer. So it was more opportunity to grow and get bigger and stronger, spend time on the school. Um, maybe it was a little bit trickier to do while he was uh, playing, uh, improve his grades, whatever it might be, right? Uh, so that, that was really cool to see. Uh, and he's, he's a little bit of an animal when it comes to the gym. He likes it. I think actually the day, the day of that surgery, uh, despite my probably wisdom or better knowledge, I, he was quite adamant that he wanted to go to the gym immediately out of surgery. Uh, so he could do a little bit of a lift and that was for his, for his mental state. And so we did, you know, and let him do some things and watch them, but he was, uh, I would not normally allow that or condone it, but we, he, he can also probably beat me up in all day. So I have to be, <laughs> what, what I say. It's so also possible he needed it at that moment, right? Because to your point, you know, he, he kind of accepted that he's got the setback and that he can't do things that he wants to do. And so, you know, it, it's very possible that um, he needed to have that, like, I mean, we talk about it all the time, I guess, full circle back to the beginning of this conversation and the cliche of a return to normalcy, right? So when you have an injury and you're normally doing stuff in the gym and pounding it, and now you can't, I mean, that's a big blow to you and your, your body, your ego, your everything, you know? And uh, so, you know, it, you're right. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the best, but, um, it didn't hurt him and it probably did help him mentally because maybe it made him feel like he's still at least, you know, part of what he feels that he is. It helped him with that, but I think moving forward to it helps with just another, it's another experience. You know, it's not good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. It's an experience and you can't control it. Right. It was a non, his injury was a non-contact football injury. So it just was just a weird thing. You know, it wasn't, wasn't like a dirty play or anything like that. He non-contact slipped, you know, there was a wet field and, you know, knee injury, right? And those things happen. So it was beyond his control. Um, can't point fingers at anyone. It just is what it is. And I liked that, how he addressed it, you know, came in and, um, you know, moved on with it. And, and same could be said for lots of other people, right? One of the other things that was uh, great, again, without singling out one individual, but it was, uh, a group with a lot of these athletes over the last uh, year with COVID uh, and their seasons being on and then off again and then suspended, or um, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it's not going to happen. I was so impressed with uh, all of our high school and college athletes that uh, and a couple of the pro guys that came in and most of them were told and the way the percentages were looking is that their season was going to be done or not going to happen at all. Uh, and that would be so easy for them to mail it in and pack it in during this off time or this unknown time. Uh, it was, it was, it was so fun and so exciting to see how, how all these, all these guys and girls came in and, and trained and, and stayed with their, their programming uh, and focus their, their focus level was, was really impressive to see them attack and get after it. Uh, knowing that, all the experts are saying you're probably not going to play. So what are you doing this for? Mm -hmm. To see them do it anyway and still have that belief was really cool. And then the, the other part of that is it, it worked out where they had their seasons. Um, and uh, so those small percentages were, that's probably not going to happen. Well, they were wrong and, and, and uh, they got to play. Right. And that was really impressive to see as well, especially in this past year. But um, that's, that's really a cool part. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely tough. I know, you know, going again back to a little over a year ago when even I was 
told I couldn't work, you know, in real estate of all places. I was like, all right, cool, man, time to get jacked. I'm going to have so much time. And it took like yeah. three weeks before I even picked up the weight after I said that to myself, because there was that lack of motivation, that lack of um, confidence, that question about why, you know, all those types of things. So, you know, it, these, we obviously, based on, you know, the purpose of talking to you, we're focusing on, you know, uh, performance, right? But all these things, like you said, I mean, these are all life things, you know, you can't just look at, like you said, an experience is an experience. It's not, it's good or it's bad. It's an experience. And then you, you learn from it. You know, I mean, if you have a record breaking year in any, in something, you, you still learn from that record breaking year and do something different um, or more of the same next year, you know? And so it doesn't matter what it is or why it is. It just matters that it is and that you've, you know, progressed. You got to just keep plugging for it. Yeah, and I think so. Unfortunately, some of those negative things that happen, if we, they tend to, as long as they're addressed properly, you know, and we don't want them all the time. We, we definitely don't wish for them to happen, but they, they definitely can be very strong teaching moments and, and opportunities for growth because uh, they tend to resonate with us more than some of the success at times, right? So it's trying to learn and, and grow from what's working, how to improve upon that, but also when we do make a mistake or we do have a setback, it's. Uh, it's important to not repeat it, right? To rather than sit there and point fingers and uh, you know blame or assess blame or, or uh, anything like that, to try to be able to come back and say, all right, how can I be better at this? Or how can I? Is is there a way that I can minimize my risk or improve in this area or whatever? So, um, yeah, I, I don't. We can definitely distinguish between good and bad opportunities or experience, but uh, as long as you can distinguish it and then move on and you know have positive change, that's that's what we're looking for, right? Absolutely. Well, we started with uh, getting your Instagram page. Is that the best way if someone's wanting to get in touch or wanting to uh, join a gym or what have you? What's yeah. uh, what's what's your contact methods? Uh, so uh, we have a website. Uh, it's uh, root r o t p s uh, dot com. Uh, so you can go there and contact us there through email. Uh, Facebook uh, is a I think it's uh, root performance systems. Uh, you can get messages on there and, uh, Instagram is probably where we're most active on social media. And that would be, uh, at root Wix on where they can direct message on that, uh, and, and go from there. We'll get in touch there and get them, get them going. So whether it's an athlete, adult, uh, if they have questions, happy to talk to them and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, man. And I know from knowing you being in the gym there, seeing everything, there is really no too young or too old because there's kind of like some programming for just about anybody. Um, yeah. I suppose with the certain exceptions, right? Like uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, typically your high school age up and you know, you're pretty good. You know, there's some exceptions, maybe in that middle school range, you know, but it's, uh, but uh, yeah, we do the same thing there and get them going. You know, we make sure everyone's acclimating properly and moving at their pace and speed and, uh, you know, going from there. So of our summer schedule coming out here pretty soon for athletes. Um, and looking forward to a good one with that should be fun awesome man well it's been good and i know you got some training to get programming so i appreciate your time and uh hopefully hopefully we got a new member uh with a simple share and or like of uh your uh what you call subscription to each of our instagram and youtube pages and new member and bam there we go so 
what do we do on that? Do I contact you with that or they, they contact you? Yeah, you're gonna well, you'll contact me and let me know that you know they they've liked your page and they renew, and then I'll see that they subscribed, and then we go, we just go from there. So all right, easy to do. All right, man. Good chat and thanks, Ken. Absolutely. Be good, my man.